and then I will be the master of the clap sync today. We will do a clap sync in three, two, one. Wow, the resounding claps. I love that just because it's a packed house today. That sounded awesome. <laughs> That's right. Dude, you know what we should do? If we ever do a, a podcast in person again, we should do a clap sync anyways. Just oh, yeah, for the just for the hilarity of it. And just Isn't like... that what we did for game of the year the first year that we did it? We're just like, let's just do a clap sync for posterity's sake, guys. I, I mean, come on. That too. It's like spiritually, it like sets us up in the right place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I think it would feel wrong. Like no one would be prepared to start if we didn't clap sync. <laughs> yep. Dude, I coughed I mean, last time and had to cut it out, which is really annoying. Every, it's it's so two funny. Two minute timestamp this. Dude, no. But being that, especially because I'm about to talk about it, so then that's just like hella <laughs> awkward. Like just like cut it out and just be like, yeah. But it's just so funny because every time I was like, like when I was having that coughing fit and I feel like doing it again, I don't really know why exactly. But what's funny about it though, is just just like, it's like I'm hurting myself. It's like I'm shooting myself in the foot or something. Do you know what I mean? Every cough, I'm like, damn, like writing it down. Like, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's so. I have like exact timestamps of each one of your coughs, like 333, 335. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Absolutely. should just be our show notes, though. It's just like <laughs> the coughs. So you don't take all the, the coughs out. We cough. You yeah. just note them for the audience <laughs> yeah. in case they want to jump back. <laughs> Or I guess they want to jump to them. Like, maybe they're just listening to the coughs. Yeah. <laughs> right. This was a really uh, old school cough. You can tell that this was only uh, when they were back in their heyday. After that, once they sold out, their coughs were different. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their, the coughs were sponsored by Vicks NyQuil. It was really strange. <laughs> yeah, there weren't any coughs. It was really weird, actually. Yeah, exactly. There were just people sleeping and... I don't know, man. Nike was one of those things that, like, okay. not operating heavy machinery. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Does this does this production setup count as heavy machinery? I mean, let's put it this way: it's not no. light. Like, you know, if I were to pick say it up, like, there's like a desk, there's a desk, <laughs> there's wait. a fucking TV, there's a fucking computer in here. I mean, that's something. I mean, heavy. we can operate it while drunk, so therefore, I don't think it qualifies in the heavy machine category <laughs> that you know well, other warnings give. I wouldn't. I feel go like that you far. can operate heavy machinery while drunk. Yeah, it's just you you're can. not supposed to. No. Yeah, Cyberpunk Part Three proves that on my end. I think in that episode you can yeah. hear like yeah, exactly. shattering, <laughs> shattering <laughs> glass in the background of me just being like, "I'm fine, guys. I'm fine." <laughs> Dude, I remember. There's like so many instances. Like I've had like these. Okay, so obviously, right? No one here drives drunk, right? Like that's not. But the no, thing is, it's really like I remember uncool. one. Yeah. Right. Definitely. What's hilarious though is that when you're in an hour-long traffic going back from your work day, I'm sitting there and I'm like. Oh my god, this is so boring. I could use a beer. Is the feeling I feel, and I'm like, oh, that's why people do it. I'm like, oh god, it makes sense because I'm like sitting there, like, oh, I'm so fucking bored. It's bumper to bumper. Jesus Christ! Like I'm listening to my podcast. It's mm -hmm. like, man, fuck me. And then the other instance in my life um, was when I was doing. We had go karts. We had go karts, and we were like racing, like mm -hmm. not very fast, but it was like, it was just like. Holy shit, like we're having like, it was like friends, like having a bunch of fun. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is another, god damn it. I'm like, I see why people, ah, these people are crazy, but I can see it in my eyes. And that's why, be careful out there when you're out there on the road, you know? Dude, we no, at Tyranny careful. of Thumbs do not condone drunk driving. Please don't do it. <laughs> even with even with go-karts, yeah. Or yeah. do we? That's the question. No. Even, even with how with boring driving is. Self-driving cars are going to be a revelation 
in terms of that for drinking hmm. yeah because you but, can but take it right, home from the bar but at right? least right now there's like at least some semblance of legality it would seem around you have to be ready to take over yeah so like, yeah you but you can't be drunk uh not, that's so that's for like teslas but like there are um there are some pilots of fully autonomous ones in a few cities mm. oh bringing it yeah. back you know what's hilarious about fully it's... autonomous cars? They're starting to exist in real life, but they didn't exist in cyberpunk because you had to fucking drive that shit all the time. <laughs> and that is so yeah, fucking lame. I feel lame. like they really missed the boat on that one, to be honest. You know what else they missed the I boat I feel on? like they missed the boat well, on there was Delamain. a lot of things in driving. Yeah, but Delamain's like, I'm a fully, I'll drive you anywhere you want as long yes. as you control it completely. They were fully <laughs> autonomous in the story, but not in the practice. Yeah, not yes. in the practice. Yes. Oh my god. I keep seeing like the occasional patch notes for Cyberpunk, you guys, and every time I look at it, I'm just sort of like, it just disappoints me more, man. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> disappoints me. Because it's like, wow, they could fix so much stuff, and like, oh, I kind of remember that bug, and they're always really specific. Like, on this exact quest, it turns out if you do exactly this, then it breaks. Of course, the exactly this is walk through the main hallway <laughs> that you need to walk through. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like, I sit there, and I'm like, you know, this would have improved my experience, but I don't think this could have salvaged you know what i'm saying no speaking although of- speaking of patch note i just because i saw it the other day steam had an update where one of the patch notes was fixed a bug where those who own over forty thousand games in their steam library yeah. where the where the application would crash and i'm just like holy shit <laughs> that's clear like one person Mm-hmm. Who's like, um, I own 40,000 games and my Steam quit on me. Excuse me. I want a refund. It's like, <laughs> we can't afford to give you these games Yeah, back, we'd too. go. That would bankrupt our company. What's hella funny about that, though, is that you say 40,000. And for some reason, my soul tells me that the number was 26,000. I have zero evidence of this. But what's hilarious is that the distinction between those is nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's still giant. Okay, like, but why? Here's my thing. Okay. We were t- I was talking with this talking about this with McCoy and Gabe on a walk the other day. And my immediate thought is that there are not 25,000 non-porn games on Steam. <laughs> to hit that number of games, we're talking about massive quantities of porn games. Because, like, realistically, like, how many... There's just not that many games on Steam. You couldn't get to 25,000 unless you're really delving into some other stuff. Yeah, I guess unless you're just, like, going through the, like, new releases section and literally buying everything, which would include the porn games, indeed. Unless you have That's it filtered out, you know, because that's just, which, just like, too much. Which, like, no shade. No shade. I'm just saying the guy who hit that limit, hit that limit buying, like, also, I don't want to make up a porn game name right now, but, like, insert your porn game name joke there. Like, whatever that is, like, three. Yeah, House one. Party 3. And he was like, oh, fuck, man. No, I can't play House Party 3. Like, Steam finally crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What was the game that actually... He's like, I actually yeah. wanted to play one of these games, for fuck's sake. It's, it's the first time I played a game in years. Yeah, I mean, we all have tons and tons of games on Steam, but, like, that's I'm gonna guess there's also a fair amount of free games. Right. Mm-hmm. But are there 25,000 free games? I feel like it's probably up there. Probably, It's yeah. always more than I think it is. <clears throat> yeah. There's an insane number of games on. Maybe I'm just not great with big numbers, but in my mind, 25,000 is like a ridiculous amount. I mean, it is. Is there an easy way to see how many games that we own on Steam? Is there like an easy way to see that? 
Yeah, it's twenty five thousand. I'm sure if you go to your profile or something, it says something like that. But I'd this is not the that. Steam Support Podcast. We are the Tyranny of Thumbs, <laughs> and we play a game each week and then we talk about it. <laughs> I thought we just talked about the number of Steam games we have in our library. But I yeah, was going to say, let, let's all go in a circle and say how many games each of us owns as well as the playtime for each of them. Okay, wait, <laughs> Zoe. I'm so sorry. I'm going to derail this. According to my <laughs> extremely brief Google search, there are only like 10,000 games out on Steam. So what was the number that this I don't know. Had? Look, listeners, if you understand this, please write into us at tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com and explain to me how this worked. Oh, but here's another you thing. You can also add non-Steam games to Steam. Oh, maybe that's actually possible. Oh, wait, shit. Nope. Yeah. I read. Nope, nope, nope. None of this is true. I am so sorry. Yeah. Um, I read the graph wrong. That is released per it's, year. Yeah, 9 million. So, <laughs> no, in 2020 uh. alone, there were 10,000 games released on Steam. Uh. In 2019, 8,000. In 2018, 9,000. But guys, here, wait, check this out, though. Here's a fun fact. Um, and this is just a great opportunity that you brought this up, Elaine, and I really mm-hmm. appreciate that, uh, that we should underscore. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about, ever. Yeah, I um, think this made that really clear. And that's okay. And we accept that, and we hope that you accept it, too. I would like um, to state that I have 248 <laughs> games on Steam. How the fuck do you know? You wow. look at your library. Look at your library. And it it, yeah, just it a, says a, all a games, number. and then in parentheses, a number. Oh my god! But oh, I ah. have mine in categories though. Do you do you not have yours in categories? Oh no, I this have an all games one. I have yeah, two hundred and seventy-four. Oh god, I'm not a real gamer. <laughs> How do oh, I? Oh man, this is really hard, you guys. <laughs> yeah, mine. It pulls mine out. Oh, of the, the categories count away from the uncategorized. One hundred and twenty-two of them are not listed due to my filter. What is my filter? <laughs> What's your filter, James? <laughs> James this is what I'm saying. Disabled. You gotta delve into some weird shit. Dude, you know what one of my free games is that I have on this listening to my, I think it's like 268 games that I have, is Codename Cure. Shout out to Codename <laughs> Cure. <laughs> <laughs> is that the that original is. TOT game? Because that is a game we all played as a group of five before the podcast even originated. Uh, I mean, potentially, if if it wasn't League of Legends, right, it would be Codename right. Cure. It would you know be Codename Cure. <laughs> yep. What a classic. And so, you know what we played this week, you guys? Oh, my God. It's so funny that I'm bringing this up with all this tension because they clicked on this episode, and unless it's autoplaying, they definitely already know it's Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is a game, and we're going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> I'm not willing to give it any more or any less. It is definitively a game, I think. Um, Indeed. I guess we should preface this by saying that uh, us as the TOT crew are playing this as a quote-unquote trashy drunk playthrough. Um, So take with that what you will. If you're looking for like peak gameplay analysis, we may recall some things that happened Saturday night. We may not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, I don't know, after our, our experience with the first Life is Strange game last year, uh, you know, it just seemed fitting that, you know, if, if you listen to those episodes back there, you know how much we love the character of Chloe Price. So we thought, why not play a game that's just centered around Chloe Price? Right. And so there you have it. Yeah, we played we the first somehow... two episodes. <laughs> and somehow we got Gabe to come along from for this, although right. I think that's he right. was... I was kidnapped. Noted as like 
the one who hated that game the most, yet here he is. <laughs> oh, I think James is the one that hated that game oh, the most. Oh, yeah, you're That right. would be the way I would put it. I down. agree. James, call the police. Call the police. Last name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I give the first Last one name a meh or something? <laughs> I don't remember. I was going to say, I believe, yeah, Gabe, I you did I, give it a meh yeah. last year. But, I mean, it did and seem fitting for continuity purposes for Gabe to rejoin us for this. But also, we were joined by Raphael, Hello. who was not with us for our first uh, Life is Strange playthrough. So he's just a lot. I haven't even played it, so. Yeah. And yeah. Raphael, do tell us, as someone who, I, I was, what, did he, what did he say? Uh, you, so you've played all of the games in the series. You've also played all the like games. You, you've you said yourself you're an expert in this series and genre. Specifically, I think it was uh, sort of high school era, 14-year-old girl drama, 16-year-old girl, sorry, <laughs> drama uh, genre. How do you think this one stacks up in the pantheon uh, of other works that you've played? Well, it's it's definitely got to be up there, but are we on the rating section yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Just as an opener. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. It's just one of those interesting things where uh, the reason why I'm making that that long-winded joke is just that um, this may or may not be Raphael's style of game, but he was decided to be a little bit adventurous, and he wanted to dip his toe into this sort of world of style of game, just as sixteen-year-old girls want to have experiences also that are new to them. <laughs> Yep. What? Okay. Wow. Whatever that is, is fine. Uh, great, you're saying, yep. great transition, question mark? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think Thank before you. we transition fully, I will say most likely what will happen this episode is we will be talking spoilers for Life is Strange 1. So if you haven't mm-hmm. played that True. game and are somehow listening to a podcast on the sequel to that game, uh, that's your warning. And only warning. And then also, also we're gonna spoil this one too, just in yeah, case that wasn't like super clear. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're we're specifically gonna only spoil episodes <clears throat> one and two because that's all we've played through this week. So um, right. And before we transition away from like who joined us for this, um, we're missing a few people to introduce. I think. Okay. Maybe just indeed. Elena. Yeah. Oh hey. Yeah, you might have like recognized her voice. I've been on this voice. podcast like so much recently that I don't even know if I deserve an introduction. <laughs> She's I taken think my we role all deserve as an girlfriend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's 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 similar to that Olympic racing technique where you pass the baton. It's just something that <laughs> <laughs> I've been hey, trying to hand it off for okay. years, but no one will pick it up. <laughs> oh, oh, this is the last thing I want to bring up, and this was a great mention here as well. Um, we also like to attempt to make jokes, and sometimes they are what you just witnessed. And so, fair mm-hmm. play. Um, let's get into it question mark i say that only because what is it even really zoe says you had some notes cool you you take zoe, be our away, fearless bro. leader yeah indeed okay so life is strange with before the storm is a prequel game that was released after life is strange but takes place two years before the events of life is strange one following the story of chloe price and a character named Rachel Amber, who was this like mysterious woman in Life is Strange One that we never really got to meet because she was dead. Did I mention spoilers? spoilers? <laughs> yeah, I don't That's think right. we initially. Yeah, so she. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so totally accurate what you said. But I think there's like a period in time where you're not sure if she's dead or just kidnapped or whatever else. And so that right. is just one of those things that you know, you know, you learn a lot about this mysterious character. 
Yeah, and all you know in the first Life is Strange is that Chloe and Rachel once had a relationship. And so this game, I guess, is fleshing out that relationship that Chloe and Rachel did have in the years prior to Max, the Life is Strange 1 protagonist, coming back to Arcadia Bay. So it's all all a prequel to all of this. Notably, this game is also developed like the writing, the producing, nearly everything is completely different from the first game. For one thing, instead of Don't Nod Studios uh, developing this, this time Deck Nine. Deck Nine Studio uh, <laughs> decided to develop this. Yo, we gotta listen to Tech Nine after this. Up, I, got, I got some bangers. You guys but fucking... Yeah. Oh, we should listen to... Hold on. We should fucking listen to Tech Nine's... Oh, what is it? Malibu rum fucking pineapple fucking... We should make the drink that he raps about is what I'm trying okay, to say. Okay, for this weekend's Life is Strange playthrough, we will all make that drink. Okay. Reasonable. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, and then notably also this game was just made on a completely different engine. So this this game was made on the Unity engine, and I think that is fairly obvious. In my first point that I want to make in this game, the characters in this game actually have facial expressions, unlike the first game. How amazing is that? Question yeah, but also mark. how awful is that? <laughs> because they're not that good. <laughs> Super fair. They are present. You're like, wow. And, and dude, especially like with a with like a lower budget game like this or and or an older game like this, it's like you just like look at it and you're like, oh my God, you tried. Like <laughs> like every time. Like they will linger on a face and you'll be like, Yeah, oh my God, get it. Oh God. <laughs> like every so it's not the worst that I've ever seen in games for sure. I mean it's not it's not like the first time you saw um, some of the characters in the council. I want to say more, but not. <laughs> but what's the actual guy? I mean, that doesn't matter. Louis. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. Like oh, or fucking... Holm. You're talking. Yeah, about Holm is what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely not that bad. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. It is so. That's true. There's some improvements and stuff to this engine, and at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because at the, even though it's made on a new engine, they reuse a lot, a lot, a lot of assets, and they like kind of remade a lot of the different parts of the game, the dorm, the this the that so you know the parking lot the famous parking lot wells's office they just like you know they feature some similar stuff and you're like oh cool also i would say like i don't really know the details of this but it was mentioned that there's a lot of different uh voice actors as well for this game is, is that mm -hmm. true mm -hmm. right so the voice actress for chloe price originally ashley birch uh ashley birch did not voice chloe in this prologue mainly due to a strike uh what was it like a screenwriter strike Somebody it was the i don't know if it had to do with the screenwriter strike but a lot that was also there's a voice actors strike around yeah. the time this game was made um yeah right so if you're so, a part of the <clears throat> like voice actors guild or whatever it's called yeah um god is it really voice actors guild i'm pretty sure because you know what that no okay <laughs> <laughs> Raphael can see the numbers already on that one. <laughs> I don't know what it's officially called, but yeah, I think essentially if you were a member, then you weren't working at that time, and so Ashley Birch couldn't do it. I know that she's still, well, I know because I Googled it, much as I Googled the number of Steam games earlier on this podcast, but um, she still like came in and helped with the writing for this game and like read over all the the lines for Chloe and we're like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. It sounds like her and like helped rewrite a bunch of stuff. Mm. Um, so she actually, because we saw her, she has credit at the end of the 
credit sequence as a writer, which I thought was weird and interesting. And also, I don't know, I've like heard some stuff that Ashley Birch has done and I like her and I was, I don't, she is like apparently very attached to the character of Chloe and I was kind of like, why though? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's predominantly because, and I mentioned it in, like, the first Life is Strange episode, but when Life is Strange came out, Chloe was going through a similar loss that Ashley Birch was experiencing, uh, Chloe losing her dad to a sudden death, and Ashley Birch at the time lost her boyfriend <laughs> to a very oh similar, um, not not a similar experience, but, like, her boyfriend suddenly died. So I think she had a, a real pull to the character. Okay, uh, sorry. I I'm have to explain why I'm laughing just so I don't come off like a total asshole, but I still come off though anyways. <laughs> it's just the way you said sudden death. It was like, it's just like that that term in video games is like when two people are on top sudden of a fucking death. mountain fighting. At the end <laughs> like, of I, the Valorant match when you're in overtime and it goes sudden death. It's just like the way you said it's like, yeah, like they, they lost a sudden death. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, sorry. That is so awful. But yeah, okay. Oh, no. So they had connections that way. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So she, yeah, she's I always had that. a connection to Chloe. And I think like, yeah, she just always kind of wanted to have some sort of say in how the character would be further portrayed in a prequel-like setting. Because mm -hmm. as we've had experience in other games, sometimes games will, you know, take on a prequel and people will absolutely butcher the character or whatnot. And so it is cool to hear, though, that she, like, did have, I guess, some say. Because um, actually, this was going to be my first positive point on this game. I think the writing in this game is marginally better than the <laughs> Strange One. <laughs> Dude, I was about like, to fight you, but then you said marginally better, and I was like, no, that's a defensible position. I, I was going to say, sure. like, I, I think it's only in certain aspects of the game where I think the writing really shines. Um, I don't know. Life is Strange One just had so much cringy dialogue, and I think that was because the character of Max was supposed to be, like, you know, a hipster of some sort, so she was saying all of these, like, all this hipster lingo and also just saying things like amaze balls and gross out and i don't know like stuff and like then that all the unicorns died and then all the yeah. unicorns died <laughs> exactly i don't know I, I feel like they toned it down this game somewhat like chloe, chloe still says hella which i think is the most natural sounding lingo of people that they've ever that used age. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um but they've definitely toned down the whole like I don't know, like, I felt like Life is Strange 1 was all packed full of, like, movie references and music references and Max being all, like, you know, like, pretentious over that stuff. And this game, it was kind of more like, okay, like, Chloe is a character of her own, but she's also, I don't, I don't know, like, she's not going to be as pretentious about this stuff. She's really just a girl who just wants to go to California or somewhere else different, so she's, like, picking up on the lingo of those regions and whatnot um it's interesting which I appreciate. though it's interesting that you say it like that because i do it's 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 how do i put this way it, the, the model for okay let's say you were a developer of this game right you had made the first and that this is not even the case for this game let's say you made the first and then you were making the second um you sit there and you're like how does one improve this game right and that's actually a really confusing backwards question because when you're like the writing is kind of marginally better here it has a lot less of that like bullshit stuff that made us groan and then i'm looking at it like is that an improvement do you know what i'm saying like and it's hard to actually parse that in my mind like is that an improvement because that groan shit i hate it but also it was like defining 
as the game. Like that mm-hmm. was what you came there to like just be like, oh, what the fuck? I can't believe they pulled that bullshit. So then they kind of like tuned it up a little bit. And you're like, wow, this is cleaner. There's a little bit less of that. But now I'm confronted with the rest of the writing, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I can see more clearly the rest of the writing. So it's just one of those things. I think like, the rest like, of the writing is dramatically better, um, personally. Like, I think that the emotional um, uh, points, notes. the emotional notes, yeah, hit um, in a way that they just really didn't in the first game. Um, everything in the first game felt, like, really contrived to me. Like, everything needed to happen so that they could hit these very specific points that the... um that the writers like decided early on were going to happen for no reason. And then they like backfilled some bullshit to make it get there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this one, it, it just, it feels more natural. Um, and the pain feels realer. Um, and there's a lot yeah. of pain. I agree yeah. with you, James. It's, I don't think it's I, very I touching. hadn't, I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but I th- I know at one point during our playthrough, I was like, this game has no right to be this sad. And I agree, I agree with James. Like, the first one never quite hit like that because it, 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 I agree it felt really, like, contrived or, like, not like the – just felt it didn't feel like the plot points hung together in the same way as, like, this one. I, I agree with James. Like, things feel more natural. I mean, it's because we already know part of this. We already know a lot of the story. Um, but even the things that are new to us – I feel like are more, yeah, maybe natural is the word. I, I, I mean, feel like the, I can't oh. really compare to the first game, but like I, at least I didn't notice the same thing that James was talking about, where it felt like they were backfilling a very contrived provenance for the events that we see. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Zoe? Yeah, um, I, I was gonna like harken back to one of our main complaints with the first game was that the writing did a lot of telling but not a lot of showing and i think that's actually improved in this game somewhat um where they are actually allowing the animations no matter how like stoic or like (laughs) statuesque they might seem but they're, they're kind of allowing scenes to play out with no dialogue this time to show emotions like pain and uh sadness um in a lot better ways than I think they did in the first game. Because I, I was kind of thinking back, like, the one the one scene that I think we're all referring to with Life is Strange Before the Storm is uh, when Chloe finds her dad's crashed car in the junkyard. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has this moment of being like, oh, my God, Dad. And she starts just hitting the car in this emotional outburst because she's so upset that her dad was taken from her so soon. And it is a very poignant scene. I mean, like, even in a trashy drunk playthrough, we all just kind of fell silent for a second. We're just like, what the fuck? I didn't want to feel this at (laughs) 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. What the hell? Um, And I feel like Life is Strange 1 would have done something where it's like Chloe's hitting the car and then some voiceover line of, like, her inner thoughts would come through being like, I'm so angry that my dad died or something like that. Like, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. how the first game would have treated a scene like that. Yeah. Whereas in this second game, now they're just kind of like, no, we're just going to let this scene kind of play out and you're going to feel the sadness and anger and you're going to hear the sobs and that's going to be enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like 
I mean, I I think we're all thinking of that scene because it was one of like the more heavy hitting emotional scenes from from this playthrough. But then, like thinking back to the original Life is Strange, like there were what I think they were attempting to make equally like intense emotional scenes. Like for example, massive spoiler alert: when they find Rachel's body in the junkyard like i think that scene is supposed to be a similar le- like a similar feeling but i don't remember it hitting like that i think partially because james was in the back just screaming call the police and like we were all just like what the fuck um yeah because they didn't call the police when they right. found a fucking no, no. We body don't, we don't have to i'm sorry just i shouldn't have reopened that wound but i think what i'm trying to say it's like those. The two only reason they didn't <laughs> oh, was that other things could happen later on in the game that don't make any fucking sense. James, James, I agree with you. I am on team. Call the police in the first game. But I'm just saying those two scenes I think are really similar. Like one is, mm-hmm. you know, one is Chloe finding her dad's crash car, which is super fucked up. One is Chloe finding Rachel's body, and they're both super fucked up and like emotionally rot. But the one from this game hit a lot harder and felt um, more, like, actually emotional than the one in the original, um, which just kind of felt like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is what's happening. Like, it, you know, you just, you I didn't th- quite buy it. Yeah. Don't they also, like, cut away during that scene in the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess kind of makes sense, but also, like, I think it detracts some of the emotional impact of the scene. Whereas, like, in this one, they fully focused, you know, on her dad's car. Um, and, and I agree. I think this game has a, a mixture of, like, good and bad writing. Um, like, I think the story elements are a lot more impactful. Like, as we've talked about with the her, her dad's car um, and that whole scene. But I think even the, the scene I was thinking of um, is the one where Mikey and his brother, I can't remember the name of the brother, Drew. Drew, I want to say. Yeah. Drew, yeah. The whole scene where you go into their dorm room, you know, you see the the one bed like as it's supposed to be in a dorm room. Yeah. And then you see a sleeping bag on the floor, which Mikey occupies, and then also comes in with this whole deal of, like, the drug dealer trying to get money that Drew mm-hmm. owes. And I think that scene was very uh, impactful as well. Um, hmm. And it kind of, like, touches on an element hmm. that I... A, didn't expect to see in this game, but I think plays out very interestingly and is also interesting how you can kind of shape the flow of that event by choosing to either listen to the older brother and keep Mikey inside, keep him safe uh, and hold on to the money or that's what it was, right? Like you hold yeah. on to the money. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Or yeah, or you go out. I guess to give the the dealer the money, and then I guess what I think Zoe mentioned is that instead Mikey will get hurt if you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think like the the big scenes are just way more impactful in this game, and are better written. Yeah. But then the inverse of that, I think a lot of the like in between dialogue is way more cringy. Oh my god, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and it just like falls so flat. Mm-hmm. It's not even more cringy. It's, it's just, just like bad. inane. It's just it's mm. almost boring. It is. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I think it is boring. I think so. Unfortunately, like, and maybe it's because we know of the original actress or something. Ashley I think Birch, yeah. I think some of the delivery of of 
the main character. I don't know. I don't know if they were giving her a lot to work with, though, either. No, I'm not even saying it's her fault, but it's just like, man, like the disconnect and not having a different person voice voice the iconic character that is literally the one pillar your game stands on (laughs) is a little rough. I think also, unfortunately, there's the issue, too. It seems like a lot of voices have been recast. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as like, you know, sitting here as we we played the first game and then coming back to the second game and seeing a lot of the same faces with different voices, just like kind of like a wall of that, you know, getting yeah. hit with that just multiple times. We're kind of like, oh, this is yeah. kind of weird. And, and keep right. in mind, this is like video games. Right. And so like if you were to do this in a movie, like you would have to like for the most part, unless there's like extenuating circumstances, you would have to like change the actor right and everyone would really and there's a disconnect there too everyone's just pretending it's normal or whatever but at least you get like the visual signals that this is a different person but when you see the same uh chuck e cheese animatronic machine character (laughs) (laughs) voicing some shit but the voice is not the same right it just it just is weird um and i think also it's a bit of the delivery too um I would say like it's it's different. That doesn't again like I'm not again, I'm not trying to talk shit about people. I'm just saying like I I really do feel like sometimes the intonation didn't feel exactly the way that other person would have done it. And of course, that's because you can't replicate what another person would do exactly. Um, right? Because yeah. like when when I think about like voiceover casts, it's like what did they have to work with? Were they just put in a booth with a script in front of them and they just had to kind of like feel out what the tone of the scene was in that instance? Because like it, they don't even have a lot of visual effects to go off of with a lot of the uh, intermediary scene dialogue. Like the Firewalk concert, I think is like pretty cringy in itself just because you have Chloe going around being like, this place hella rules and like i don't know it's like <laughs> you as a voice actor it's like you, you you're only given so much and so you kind of deliver it one way but then as you as the player are like moving about the world you're like huh that felt off but like of course the voice actor didn't really have that to go off of even when they were asked to you know recite those lines and whatnot i feel like that's an example of what you were talking about with the previous game where they're uh, telling not showing mm-hmm. it's like do you do you really need the character to be like oh yeah this is a cool place right <laughs> exactly <laughs> my mom would hate it if i was found here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no absolutely there's definitely and there's definitely still some of that i feel like that is almost core to to life is strange like especially when it's mm-hmm. just like the voiceover yeah, the voiceover or like taking a random inanimate object and just being like, yeah. I don't need to touch this now. Yeah, I think it's kind of the, the style of the game and also just, I mean, the whole setting of the game, you know, to give the voice actors credit, I think it, it must be hard to kind of tap into that like teenage uh, mentality again yeah. and have mm-hmm. to like, cause I know I probably couldn't do it well, have to like, if someone plopped me into a booth and was like, all right, I need you to talk about these you know whatever objects and you have to act like you're like a teenager like you're angsty yeah whoa wait on that point though very specifically like i actually think there's a really interesting thing that happened here with the tone shift where like in my mental model in my head it's like life is strange right they're all 18 and they won't shut up about it but they acted to me like 16 year olds or 15 mm-hmm. year olds like they didn't i don't feel like they nailed 18 year olds but they probably 
maybe they didn't nail some 18 year olds, right? But like for me, I was like, oh, I mean, me and all my friends, even the ones that, you know, are kind of questionable are way more mature than this at this point in time in our life. But then it's like, then when this this story being two years before that, they were like, okay, so where do we go? We have 14 year old dialogue already in the game. Do we go to 12? And like, I feel like at times they're just like, this person isn't even formed yet that wrote this journal entry. Like this sentence makes no fucking sense. And so what what the fuck is the point here? And I, I don't know if you guys felt that, but I felt like they, they were go- getting almost too young to even do what they were trying to do with it. I didn't see that. I think actually quite a bit of it reads 16-year-old girl to me, having been a 16-year-old girl. Like, I think some of the flirting scenes in there, like, they, they actually nail. Um, I don't know what that says about me as a 16-year-old flirter. It's probably not good, but we can move past it. <laughs> I But I think that... For me, like one of the big differences between the two games and just how they feel when you're playing it, or I guess when you're watching someone play it, is that at least with the first Life is Strange, you had Max's incredibly cringy, but you were always kind of like waiting to hear what she was going to say, being like, oh my God, what's she going to say about this orange, like empty orange juice bottle she found on the floor that is for some reason interactable? Um, Whereas with Chloe, like it is just, it's just a boring a lot of the time like i find <laughs> that without that like weird cringy amazeballs dialogue like the, all of those objects that you can interact with that we're like walking around spending hours like making sure we hit everyone in a room like oh man i don't know if anybody else felt that but i was just like oh please do not look at that light bulb because all she said about that christmas wreath is like man even you know this place can even make christmas seem sad and i was like i mean why that it i it just it adds nothing right yeah yeah no i i totally agree with you which which begs the question of why they make those objects interactable in the first place like i guess they just need to have multiple interactable objects to make more of a puzzle it's just filler content yeah it's, Yeah. it's all just filler content but but that is exactly how it felt especially in like the later chapters like we all collectively groaned when we like show up onto the Shakespeare set and we see like 10 light up icons suddenly appear on the screen. We're all like, Oh, I guess we got to go around the costumes. And she's just like, says something stupid. Like it's not. Yeah. She also, her character was not really meant to be a front and center character. She was like the sort of, I can style on top of this concept. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's like the second the second force, you know what I mean? Like to like the cherry on top almost when it comes to writing, at least for the first game, right? Like she can come in with her, with her like, just, you know, whatever. Like, like fuck ang- this. Yeah, she's like the yeah, angsty like, side. Like, she can do oh, that I'm shit. such a badass. And then Max is trying to do like the, I'm just like you, but I'm totally not situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, hmm. I guess like because Chloe's not the I'm just like you character, you really have to like getting into her mind. You're just like finding some stuff that you're like, Oh, an editor should have trimmed this one out. <laughs> like this thought didn't need to be for us. Well, um, I, I think also Max was designed as more of. Uh, I think Max is a better character for the player. I think more people identify as Max or more closely relate to Max versus Chloe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And so it is kind of an interesting take to then make the next game with a prequel about Chloe, who yeah. is like a very kind of already defined character. I don't know. I mean, I I think I def 
I I vibe more with Chloe. And I'm not saying that I like this character, but I vibe like my teenage experience was more on like the oh I'm so rebellious like look at me go side. But I think Gabe, like you said, and it look well, how far you've fallen. Look how I okay, know. <laughs> on a podcast about video games, sixteen-year-old yeah. but me would have been so disappointed. Yeah, exactly. You would have, you would have broken over in your fucking cassette player. <laughs> yeah, fucking... I think I had like an iPod maybe by then. Mm-hmm. Um, With the four buttons. But Gabe, I feel like you said it well earlier too. Of like the part of the style of the first game was all of these little interactable things. You could let Max walk up to them and be like say whatever cringy quip is that a word sure yeah sure um she had but like chloe's character doesn't really have those like she's just not necessarily she has one the same tone way. and it's i'm mad at the Angst. world yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like it just doesn't really work with the same style of the game and i feel like they, we'll get to this when we talk about like the main gameplay mechanic too or like the the twist thrown the rap battles as we've been calling them like they had to really change that because max's just doesn't work for chloe again but i don't know i think that those little interactable objects at least for me really made parts of this game just drag yeah and, and yeah yeah go ahead i was just gonna say quickly i think it's because it's just purely like it's filler content like we already said but then it just like is just trying to match the vibe of chloe where they're just like okay what's her vibe uh, angsty teenager and so every interactable object is pretty much just hammer that home hammer yeah. that home hammer yeah. it home just keep going yeah yeah and it's so funny because like it, it reminds me of when there are certain like phrases and and i guess like naming conventions that that exist in gaming and, and other spaces i'm sure but that just like really bother me like one is when people say the word flavor text it really bothers me because it just i it's like if you want to talk about the power of language i've never i can't imagine minimizing the value of like creating a backstory in a world more than calling it flavor text i I cannot think of a way to take more value away from that um but like that that word's intention of like how it just destroys the value is kind of like how i feel they treated this they're like oh it's just flavor task it's like i don't even like this flavor and so it's just (laughs) it's really it's really unfortunate it's not chocolate Yeah, exactly. I would go for a vanilla, but yeah. Yeah. One thing I think is really helping, though, at least it's helping me empathize with the character of Chloe more than I ever did in the first game. Um, Is I think just the I I am going to say it's the improvement of the game graphics, but I mean in the sense of there's a lot more animations that the characters do in dialogue scenes that are just, I, I think it really helps you, I, I don't know, it helps integrate you into the character of Chloe. Like the one that I just laugh my ass off every time is when you're in the principal's office and Rachel's doing some sort of acting sob story to the principal and you just see Chloe doing this like jack off motion in the corner because <laughs> she's just yeah. like, oh yeah, just keep on going. And like, it's, it's such a subtle animation well it's not subtle to you as the player but like it's but i don't know it's 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 a it's an intentional uh animation that they did for her but it kind of helps you ingrain in you like what chloe is thinking and feeling at this moment in time right and so i I agree i think they did they did some of those very well um and i think as we touched on a little bit earlier too with the facial animations i think some of them are done fairly well for this kind of game uh, there's some subtle nuances that you're like, 
okay, that actually like adds a bit to the scene and that actually doesn't look too bad. Some of them land better than others. Um, but on the flip side, I think there's also a lot of like jank animation in these scenes yeah. where characters kind of like move awkwardly and like mm-hmm. robotically. Mm-hmm. And I think that detracts from the scenes a lot too. Right. Yeah. Um, it's It's definitely both, I think. When somebody yeah. is like really angrily talking to you and then just like walks off in the most awkward way possible. <laughs> no, but like guys, I just think like yeah. we're having a really nice like detailed discussion about the animations. And I, I just want to say that like at least this game they didn't T-pose and just fly away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, say what True. you will, but like I mean at least there's that. So like that's at least a thumb or something. I mean, you but- know, it's at least not a net. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's yeah, I mean they're like, jank, but we haven't seen like anything truly like game breaky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the closest we got was like that one time the Zo or sorry Chloe's head yeah. like shifted jankly to the side very briefly in like one scene. But other than that, <laughs> it's been like in the ballpark of all right. Yeah. Counterpoint though, like in Pyre, there were no animations. Mm-hmm. You didn't mm-hmm. need the animations to convey the tone, but they still had facial expressions that were really effective at conveying tone and emotion. In other words, in other words, you did add animations, but should you? Yeah, yeah I mean it's like yeah. if you're if you're going for that, you should strive to do it well and use the power of the medium. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's 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 tough because I think like these sorts of games are they love the 3D style of media like you know that that style of animations like that sort of thing. But they're also not a giant studio either, you know, and they don't have yeah. giant budgets. And so as a result, they they find themselves kind of in the middle there of the sort of. Yeah, they're in this middle ground where they can't have, you know, obviously don't have the I think the studio or the budget for like full blown motion capture. Mm-hmm. But also you can't have this game and have characters just like not move because <laughs> that would be even worse. <laughs> just like, OK, yeah. and here's the coordinated blink that all tied in characters in the room do at once and <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah oh my god it's like it just makes me think like and i forget i swear there was a game that I, they actually like did this and it was like one of the most genius things ever but like this studio should like look at this and be like our next game should be about robots because <laughs> like <laughs> we're, we're already nailing we're it. fucking nailing it which i think is well just awesome. i mean technically they looked at this and they said our next game is life is strange 2 and then mm-hmm. Now they're like, our next game is Life is Strange 3. <laughs> so yeah, that's what they where do. they're going with it. So what's really sad about this game, though, I would say, is that I think sometimes I try to like gather maybe intention or something like that through design choices. Uh, and so the original game, there was a design choice that was like, I'm not sure what the originating like like order was, but they had this mechanic, which was rewriting time. And it was like, it almost felt like they were like, guys, rewinding time is such a cool thing in a decision-based game mm-hmm. like that we could just build a game around this like straight up and i don't know if that's exactly what they did in that exact order but clearly there's some intention there about this mechanic fits this genre so well we can build a game around it and then they were like fuck me we took it out of the second one like it just it's so backwards i can't even mean to explain how well, yeah because they, they they do a prequel they're like okay let's do a prequel on chloe shit chloe doesn't have superpowers 
and we we foreshadowed it, I guess, a couple minutes ago. But let's talk about the back talk feature, aka Chloe's superpower of rap battles. AKA rap people. battles. Yeah. yeah. AKA yeah. choose the word you heard before in the previous sentence. Uh, Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like initially it was we were like, okay, this is weird, and then we were like, this is kind of fun, and then once we like failed a little bit. At least, like for me, it became really obvious how to like analyze it and solve it, and that actually destroyed it a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's like yeah. literally like one one of the words they said is going to be in two of the responses, and the other one is the wrong one, and then you just pick one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually really funny because like say what you will, but the council did this way better, <laughs> like mm. way, way, way better. Um, it, and, and like way more in depth and had mm-hmm. like stats and like had, uh, you know, like cur- currency you could use to like, like, I guess an energy, you know, pool that you could use to like bash your way through if you were lost. Um, and they had their own problems, of course. Right. But like, you know, this just feels like neither life is strange one nor the council is where they ended. And that's a, that is a sad place <laughs> to be neither of those games in this genre. That is unfortunate. That yeah. Some of the racks are nice. Some of the wrecks are nice. Yeah. Some of the wrecks like, are okay. She's a, a really mean person to everybody oh, in her yeah. life. Yeah. Well, mean and is the only way you get through. You're like, I want to get through this door. Should I be mean to the door? <laughs> like, just like, that's your only thing. And, and the correct answer is yes. It's yes. so weird. It's like, uh, I don't know. James. I feel like maybe I'm just not that mean of a person but i feel like there's always you know a way to exist that's not this shitty you know Dude, you know what this is this is like when they say like old school video games where it's like you only have like one way to interact with shit it's like shoot it you know so it's like how do i open this door well shoot the control panel it's like how do i get this npc to talk to me like shoot the npc right and then it'll like come over here <laughs> like this like chloe's version is like it's just be really mean mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like yeah. well <laughs> I mean, I think all of the rap battles were optional, and we had less mean options. Uh, that is. That true, being yeah. said, it's like, okay, so you can you can be nice, but only if you decide not to play the bulk of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You do feel like you're opting out of most of the game content. I mean, like we opted into most of the. I'm I'm gonna still call them rap battles. We opted into most of the rap battles that were presented to us, but like, especially at the end of episode two there's a situation where Chloe can choose to rap battle with Rachel's dad or just like be a wallflower and just try to like let things blow over. And in the moment, you're just kind of like, I feel like it is not my place to like start a rap battle at this moment in time. And yet I still felt like we missed a bunch of content of like Chloe just absolutely Mm -hmm. annihilating Rachel's dad or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, there's a weirdness here that I keep thinking about where it's like Chloe's her own character. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she has her own, she's not you, the player, me, you guys. Like in other words, you're not acting like her if you're and playing like, it true to the character. this is not an RPG. Yes, mm-hmm. although it kind of feels like one at times where it's like the game will definitely scold you if you do something that's bad and it'll definitely make you, you, the player, feel bad. But it's like I did kind of struggle. Like I with being like, pl- like should i be playing chloe as chloe and then if so the game's like you're a piece of shit i'm like i know but like that's the character 
Uh, and so like it feels like it's this mixing of like player choice that matters that kind of wants to come from you versus like actually playing it as the character and it's just you know what i'm saying it feels like really weird mm-hmm. to try to reconcile those i think in this game too yeah yeah it feels kind of like self-sabotage you know it's like you as the player know that being this like mean will have consequences um and there are other ways to do things, but you you're still forced to do that and play that character. And I respect I it. I mean, I respect yeah. I respect committing to that, but it's just not comfortable, you know. I don't want to mm-hmm. make this point because I don't necessarily think it's what they were going for. But like James, what you just said makes me think if we want to like psychologize this. That may actually be what Chloe is going through too, and like maybe I, if we wanted to give them a stretch on like what they were attempting to make to have happen here, like that could be a part of her character, right? Is that like Chloe knows that this is not a good way to like make friends, or she knows that this is shitty, and I think even before that rap battle with uh, the what's the name of the security guard who's in Pisshead, Mick, Skip, sure. Skip. skip, skip, right? Um, I think even then she's like, "Oh, I don't really want to be mean to him, but I really need to get into this dorm." And you're like, "Okay, let's go." So I, I really need to get into this know. dorm because this drug dealer told me to. I don't clearly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't love that argument here a hundred percent, but I could kind of see it as an angle yeah. that they're taking of like, Chloe's going through some hard stuff right now. She's struggling. She knows that she's not doing her best. She knows that what she's doing is wrong. She knows that what she's doing is not good. Like, she's not proud of herself. She's probably uncomfortable with it, too. But yet she continues to do it because that's just where she is in this season of life. There's actually... also... I was just going to say, there's also, like, you kind of see that in some of the dialogue options where it seems like being kind of an asshole is, like, the default setting. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can actually choose some, like kind of meaningful and heartfelt dialogue scenes like with with your mom Joyce um mm-hmm. and even kind of like with uh I can't remember his name now David? but step douche yeah, yeah. <laughs> step, step douche David douche. Yeah. <laughs> um you know you can have some like heartfelt scenes there where like you apologize to your mom for how you act or like kind of like taking steps towards agreeing to change with David um, and then you can obviously then choose to either not go through with that or, but it seems like there's also just immediately after you have those heartfelt things, Chloe goes back to like antagonistic tone in her voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of, it's a little bit jarring, at least for me. Yeah. I think that's where it sort of falls apart for me is what you just pointed out, Gabe is like, there's clearly some like ability to make choices that aren't super mean um, or to like, yeah, have these like, you know, meaningful moments with your mom. But then like the, the story of the game kind of like puts you back onto this path of like just where Chloe is right now. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that exactly. Cause it, it also like wouldn't, the game wouldn't work. Cause if you had a bunch of like late twenties people playing this game, like, Oh, they're like, Oh, she's being super bitchy right now. Like make her like, like, no, like tell her be nice to Joyce. And like, you just kind of fixed all of that. Like the game wouldn't really be a game. 
and it we wouldn't really be. solved life is strange. Yeah, like exactly. it wouldn't work. And so. Well, on top of that, though, you have to understand, like, like, and it's also um, kind of holding them or pinning them down when it comes to choices mattering as well. Like, they also this is a prequel, right? So, like, you you cannot change what happens at the end, mm-hmm. right? So, certain things must happen. And, yeah. like, it would be, if you're, like, yeah, man, Chloe was just a great person in the middle. Okay, and then two years later, she went back to crazy. Like, you know, it's just it yeah. just doesn't quite mm-hmm. fit. So, they have to have that as the sort of end goal. And it feels like it it, it hangs over the story a bit, I yeah. would say, when it comes to a game that is also supposed to be about sort of choice and supposed to be putting these ethical things in front of you that you think maybe you want to play it a little differently. It's, like... You can't really. Yeah, yeah, we 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 her her destiny is predetermined, so it's very hard to I guess try to fit the puzzle pieces together, um, like with the way you want to play it versus how the game actually goes in Life is Strange One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna bring up how I mean we see more to Chloe's character in this game, um, which is interesting, but you do always have to look back at Life is Strange One and just remember how many kind of like cold-hearted and like bitchy moments she had yeah. like when you're dealing with um it's like kate the religious mm-hmm. girl who got who's like yeah. basically mm-hmm. being cyber bullied yeah and she's like hey i'm in the hospital or something and you're like oh shit like i'm you know i have to deal with kate like she's going through a lot right now and chloe's like i don't care focus on me and you're just like wow <laughs> yeah yeah you know no That's reasonable right. person can look at this and be like yeah okay like, yeah. I empathize with that character. But I made up with David. Like, <laughs> it's just like yeah. And proms yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And so it, it, it really does have... And actually, I would just go as far to say, like, I think this game, because of all of those factors that we just talked about, like, I think... And, and specifically, just, just putting a, you know, like, spotlight on the fact that the future is determined, like... I feel like choices in this game are like negative mattering, at least so far. Like it feels like they have almost no ammunition left in their like choice engine here because of all that stuff. Like you can't really change who you are as a person. You can't really be nicer. You can't really like make up with some of these people because it's just going to go south and you Mm kind of know. And like you probably can't even really not be a dick to the security guard that much because he's got to get fired somehow and replaced or maybe he dies. I don't know. But like, you know, just it just feels like so many things are are. Uh, so many options are taken away from the the writers here. And it almost feels like they just wanted to yeah. tell you a story about what happened before with this character, and that sounds cool. But they had to kind of put the choice mechanics into it somehow. Yeah, it is kind like of an interesting conundrum. All... I was saying we went all in on the hot dog man T-shirt, and it got erased mm. in all of the recaps of the chapters. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes, We're trying to erase our hot dog culture. Yeah, and like they honestly, I mean, like they. They do some things in this game, and I assume we'll see this maybe in the third episode as well, where they sort of, like, list things that you did to you. Like, they text you, like, man, the way that you chose B there was really awesome. Oh, yeah, they did it with the Mikey and um, Drew choice, where they text you after being like, yo, thanks for staying with him and for keeping our money. Like, they, yeah, yeah, they try to make that a more feel-good experience and, like, point out what you did. And that's nice and all, but it, it does feel like they really can't like they just they just it just feels like they really can't make these this giant sort of choice tree just because of the, the, the way that like where they are Whereas for like for instance like life is strange too if it's like set in the future could do anything right but it's just they just can't hear as much and so mm-hmm. 
in I think well, in a lot of oh, go ahead. to play devil's advocate, um, I think when we had the write in for Pyre, uh, one of their main complaints was that they kind of got the same thing there, and that like their choices didn't really affect the outcome. Um, and I mean, I if I remember correctly, most of us were pretty okay with that. We were like, it had a story to tell, and it told it, and we like that it did respond to our choices, but like, it doesn't need to bend over backwards and be like, oh, the revolution didn't happen because you screwed up too much. Right, like, like we're okay with that if it's a good story, so... and I can see why that would be not true here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rex fair. aside, no, Rex, no, but, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's a, it's fair, it's super fair. Like, it, I, I don't necessarily envy the position that they're in with having so much already set in stone for their future, for a choice based game here. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, the premise of like, tell us more about the the actual characters that's cool and i think we are learning like more about them and more about the world and stuff and and at the end of the day like because they're they're kind of trying to satisfy like a couple of things i feel like with this game and one of them is just give people more life is strange because they wanted that mm-hmm. and so right. you're gonna put a lot of those life is strange in things you know like the cringy dialogue and the choices and the you know whatever Addition- and it's just yeah yeah i was gonna additionally i feel like they maybe try to also counteract the pre predetermined destiny with uh, just the fact that all of the choices you make are permanent in this game versus the last game where you could easily see. Like, I feel like that was always our default when we played the first game where we'd play through one scenario and we'd all go around in a circle be like, are we happy with this? Right. No? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll rewind. We'll look at the other option. Oh, we looked at that option. We don't like that outcome either. Okay, no, option A was better. And so, like, I feel like in a way, Life is Strange 1's choices were a little less, um, I don't know, there were less stakes in it just because we could see what both outcomes were and choose the one we were most happy with and therefore have what we felt is like the better playthrough. And I, yeah, just kind of counteracting it with this playthrough where there's been a couple times now where we've been like, shit, should we go back in our save file? Like, do we reload next checkpoint? Nope, I guess we're out here. Like, ooh. I don't know. Let's hope that doesn't do anything to us. Like, I guess, like, they're probably going to be pretty, like, knowing with, like, as we've said, knowing how the story goes, all of these decisions we're making are going to be arbitrary. But, like, at least in the moment, they kind of feel higher stakes than I think the first game had. But it's it's interesting, right? Because, like, I love the way that you're like phrasing that because then i think you get to see both sides of it both like the how much it feels like the impact is going to be and then how much it actually is because in life is strange one they could have larger impacts because you could choose to go back and undo them so they could have them really like are you sure they could know that you Mm -hmm. were sure with your choice Mm-hmm. when you were when you go through so in this game because they cannot be sure that that one line that you click is going to be what you actually think it's going to be as a result they actually have to make the choice matter less because otherwise the punish would be so extreme right. um and so that's why like every time we lose a rap battle like that that mechanic has been so nerfed because every time we lose a rap battle we just continue to succeed like it's like it's like oh fuck we like our our um 
Rachel's not part of the play now. Like, that's it's so awful. Never mind, she's part of the play. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like we, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that hard. And right. so they like had to, so they, so it's so interesting, like, because like because of that difference here, because it's like locked in stone, they actually have to be really careful and, and they are in fact really light with the repercussions from any failing or any choice you make, which kind of cheapens it a bit too. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I was actually going to say, like, guys, we don't have to, like, go through every single detail because we've got another podcast going when we do episode three mm-hmm. and we do the other thing that side bonus episode. episode. Bonus episode. Bonus. Thank you. And, but I feel like we should consult Zoe's list. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, should, we can certainly say more things, but I was saying, you know, we don't have to be exhaustive mm-hmm. here. Um, I, I think let, let's maybe, like, not necessarily, like, wrap up per se, but I, I think at this point, let's maybe talk about how... Um, uh, I don't know, like, if any of us have any, like, hopes for what the future episodes might show us, knowing what the outcome of the story is. How is the character of Rachel hitting for us? That's a new character that we haven't really talked about on this podcast quite yet, but I think some of us have thoughts on her and uh, what she represents. Like, for instance, like, for me, Rachel, it's nice to see Rachel in the flesh in this game. Um, well, she was technically in the flesh in the last game, but she was in the ground, so that's a little awkward. Oh, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that was a Gabe-level dark joke right yeah, there. Yeah, you're definitely... <laughs> All right. Hold on. <laughs> you're doing the thing that my actually... Like, I swear to God, every content creator does now, which is they just voice, like, the worst comment possible to what they just said, and then they <laughs> directly attack it. So, so fair play. Um, By the yeah, time we but, found her, I don't think there's any flesh left. Guys, also, am I totally wrong about that scene, or did we not just find her, but then instantly get drugged by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's so what happened. We neglected that one small part of why, whether the emotions are hitting properly, because you were almost instantly drugged and then dragged <laughs> away to a basement, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually one thing that I wanted to talk about, about Life is Strange 1 versus Life is Strange 2, which is okay. that everything in Life is Strange 1 is, like, so absurd yeah and everything in life is strange too is human within the realm of possibility yeah i agree i was thinking about that yesterday james as we were finishing up i was like i know that life is strange one is supposed to be like the mecca of like the teenage experience game but like not that many teenagers are dealing with like a serial killer situation and superpowers. Like, is, and superpowers, right? And, like, being able to reverse time. But, like, there are... Yeah. I, I think that this game is much closer to, like, the mecca of the teenage experience game. Just because, like, the, the problems that these characters are facing are, like, very real and human. I don't want to say the word normal, but, like, they yeah, they are non-supernatural problems or, like, more mundane problems, like the death of a parent or of... A, you know, finding out your dad is cheating on your mom, but then maybe he's not. We'll get into that later. Like, yeah, he's not cheating and like on not, your not mom. enjoying <laughs> your potential new stepdad, like thinking he's a terrible person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, People just being all in of the it military. feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just at all. <laughs> um, all of it feels like like a reasonable teenagers reaction to a reasonable set of 
circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't write stories about outrageous things that don't happen in real life. Like, obviously, I'm not saying that. I really enjoy stories about ridiculous things that don't happen in real life. But I think that it serves this story well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it... What am I trying to say? Well, I mean, I think to help to... I, I, don't, I don't know if this is the direction you're going, James. I know a big complaint about our last game was how tokenistic a lot of the... Um, a lot of the taboo topics in the first game were mm-hmm. how it's like, you got to mm. have the one character who's having an abortion. You've got to have the one character that gets assaulted at a party and drugged. You got to have the one character who, uh, you know, is in love with their teacher. Like they basically took like every single taboo topic in a, a, a like late high school teenager's life and like crammed it all into like, individual characters um as little microcosms of the quote-unquote right. teenage experience and i know like that was a big issue for a lot of us like i hated that dana like the i hated that the abortion subplot was like a two-minute dialogue thing that you had with one character but they clearly had done it just to be like wow this is an edgy game mm-hmm. look at this um right that was awful and this game, like, they still do mature topics like drinking and drug use. But yeah, like, it does seem a lot more, I guess, in tune with the situation, I and guess. And the responses feel real instead of yeah. outrageous, I guess. And I, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they're more drawn out too. Like I was thinking about that that whole pregnancy reveal thing from Life is Strange 1 in comparison to the Drew and Mikey scene in this one yep. because they're they're very similar. Like they you know, you go into their rooms, like going into Drew and Mikey's room was like a very familiar thing because it's what you do essentially all of Life is Strange 1 is like you go to people's rooms and look at all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but in that in the the Life is Strange one where you find the pregnancy test, it's like this weird brief encounter where it's like, oh, this character who I've never met before, look, I found a pregnancy test on the floor. Oh, and that and you like briefly talk about abortion, like, and that that whole vignette is over. Yeah. Whereas like with Mikey and Drew, like you meet Mikey ahead of time, you play D and D with him, you guys bond, you meet Drew ahead of time, you find some of his backstory out, like then you get this backstory about. You know, Drew owes Frank money. Like, you get a lot more backstory and a lot more time spent on that one plot line. And so then when something happens, like, you feel more invested in it and it feels, I think, more real. Because it's been kind of hinted at in a lot of places before that. Instead of, like, look, here's the pregnant character. Discuss. No, and, right. and it's it's like, it's a both, um, I want to say it's both less is more and more is more. So, like, I think you made a good case for more is more where they, like, made a lot more uh, details around the characters and like story points about the characters and learning them. But it's also um, less is more here because I know we talk about how like the, um, the abortion subplot was short or brief Mm -hmm. and that's not really its problem. It's problem is that like it's the seventh out of nine rooms that you're in and they all have like 
the like gotcha some like weirdly troubling you know? teenage subplot yeah. yeah and then so so it feels cheap because it is cheap in the way that it is executed this here is actually almost as brief in terms of you're just still rifling through someone's room and you find some stuff but it feels like oh my god i just got a quick glimpse into behind the curtain here in these people's lives and it's way different than i thought it has way more implications and then yeah it has the an actual choice scene uh you know right after it but it, mm-hmm. it's like even though it's really quick that you're looting their room and you figure out all the shit it just it actually lands as opposed to like i'm gonna loot every single person here's room and i'm gonna find all this shit and it's gonna be totally fine and no one's gonna have a problem with this it's like you don't you don't do anything else other than you know find this stuff in his room and be like okay okay yeah this is mm-hmm. actually kind of serious and then they like highlight it afterwards um with that decision point so yeah that stuff that stuff is is good um also it must be noted that Drew and Mikey are not in their room staring at you <laughs> while you're writing. <laughs> <through all this. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That which that was is, a feature um, of the first game. I'm glad you mentioned that. What the fuck? Um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't want to because that's what you would do is you would rewind time. So you'd like you'd yeah. go through this person's trash can, pick up their fucking pregnancy test, like look at that shit. She'd be like, "Stop that!" And you'd be like. And you just walk out yeah, the room know. like, what the No, fuck? then you go up to her and talk about it as if you just magically knew instead of, yeah. You gained a dialogue <laughs> option, bro, and it would indicate at the top left, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, like, that goes back to Gabe's, like, earlier point, too, about that scene and how much harder it hit. Because, like, when you first walk into that room and you see the sleeping bag on the floor with the little D&D characters next to it, like, you immediately know what that means and you have enough backstory and context that you can put the piece, like, they're showing you instead of telling, like, they're doing what we asked them to do all of what Life is Strange 1. Like, they're showing you mm-hmm. something and letting you put it together. And, like, that one got me in the feels. Like, right. seeing that that kid's sleeping right. bag there and being like, oh, fuck, that's really, like, that's, right. that, that is so much better and such a, like, a more authentic um, emotional response and, like, the them telling you like, hey, you know what you just read in this girl? Anyways, we don't have to, like, continue to harp on it. But no, no. It's but, a like, lot, is this a, a fair statement better. To, to add on to that? Is this fair? It's, like, also, Mikey is, and I'm going to make this statement, but without, like, totally remembering all the characters' life in Strange 1, but, like, Mikey is the only likable character. You know what I mean? So far that they actually, like, really land that you're like, oh, this guy I know this guy. I mean, dude, we're all gamers, right? We know this fucking guy. I have been this guy at times. <laughs> the nerdy, scared little brother, yeah. But like, but what I mean <laughs> is like when that happens, when something, when you learn more details about him and about his sort of role in the world and like, you know, it, it really adds this layer of depth and sadness to it. Whereas like the, all those characters that you, the rooms you looted in Life is Strange 1, they were all just like f- practically all nothing characters, I swear. Like it was just so much of like, they were it, it really like there was no like oh i actually like this person oh here's like there's hidden secret it was just sort of like okay you're a stereotype and now you have another stereotype on top of that uh which is yeah. a nice stereotype triangle or something i don't know line with two points so that, that's what i'm feeling about that i'm not sure if that's entirely true but but i i feel like yeah i don't know writing 101 i guess we're here uh if you like the character you can have more effect <laughs> 
So yeah. I actually did want to go back to Rachel. How is she landing? I say that because it's a great question and because I think she fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> I I cannot believe so much air was used to talk about this lady in the first game and this is who she is. Oh my God, she sucks so bad. Am I wrong on that? <laughs> I hate her. I hate her. She... It's... Elaborate. What so... about it? <laughs> Well, so like I, yeah, thank you. Uh, I will. Uh, so like to me, there's a lot of factors there, but like she kind of is representing. It felt, so this game constantly feels like it needs to do the same thing as Life is Strange One, right? There's even a fire that's just like not a storm, bro, and it's not coming, bro. Like you know, it's like they have so many factors like that. But then for me, what they do with Chloe that kind of misses is they kind of make her Max like because they need that main character to be Max, and then this you Rachel, mean Rachel person. No, oh, okay. Chloe no. is Max like. Chloe is Max like because then Rachel's Chloe like, where she's all like, "Fuck the system, let's like cut class, like let's do all this shit," and you're just like, "That's me, bro. Who are you?" And so then like Chloe is sitting there being like, "Well, I don't really know how I feel about this," and I'm just like, "But I thought you would know how you feel about this. This is like, she's just being you to you," and so it's just a very strange situation that they just sort of like transplanted all these characters, and maybe that's like the point, you know? Maybe they like maybe this is where she learned some of her Chloe tendencies. Um, is through Rachel, but she just she just sucks. Like she like it, it's it's once again like it's like they okay. Here's how this goes. I'm telling you, this is the trajectory, right? Life is strange. One, there's Max who is very reflective and is trying to like figure all this shit out, and she's trying to be confident on the outside, but she doesn't always succeed. And then now, Chloe is this person now who is you know trying to be confident on the outside but then like is is more reflective than you think on the inside because rachel's now the one that's just confident and just totally knows what the fuck's going on so in the prequel of this prequel rachel's gonna be the one that now actually has all these doubts inside of her it's just like it just i so why do i hate her i don't know but i just hate what they've done narrative structurally with her and her as a person is so not likable and so not interesting and yet we know that like she is, like, the driving force behind, like, everything that's supposed to happen and everything that is happening and has been talked about so much in the next game. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does everyone else just love this character or think she's, like, fucking rad? I think she's okay. You know, I don't think she's, like, a super compelling character. I don't think anybody in this game series is a super compelling character. <laughs> but I think she's okay. She's at least in my opinion, defined um, within, like, a box, I guess. Uh, she kind of has, like, these consistencies to her. Um, whereas, like, like, Chloe, at least more so in the first game, was just, like, kind of bitchy to everybody. And you're like, okay, I don't think there's, like, a ton here. And then my all-time least favorite is honestly max because she's just so wishy-washy so flip-flop so two-faced almost um oh, definitely i mean and max some of that can come down to character. how you yeah and yeah. some of that can come down to how you play her like the choices you make but like you know it's the stuff where you're like oh like poor kate she's going through this rough time and you can instantly turn around and look someone else and be like Oh, she looks like a slut, or oh, she looks like a bitch. And <laughs> you're just like, oh my god, dude, come on. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as Rachel, I mean, 
I, I don't think we've seen enough of her to like fully get the idea. And fair enough, you don't like her from what you've seen. That's totally fair. I just don't think she's like terrible. I'm still interested to see where her arc and story goes and how she develops from, you know, teenage girl dealing with, uh, you know, her, her, whatever you want to call her dad and mom situation. Right. Um, and like her rebellious tendencies. And also she, you know, she has that stereotypical, like, okay, I want to get out of this small town and like see the world, you know? I think a lot of people have all felt that at some point in their life. Um, there's a certain relatableness to her, but I, I just, yeah, I'm still interested to see where she, where her story leads. And I don't think she's terrible. Nice. She gets a C plus from me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We should just rate Rachel. It's just, I, I guess what it is for me is it's such a letdown that like, this is the character that we were supposed to, like that everyone was going crazy over. You know what I mean? That Max I get is it. Like, like, oh, fuck. Like, I wish I could have been as awesome as this Rachel person. I'm like, don't worry. It was easy as hell if you'd ever met her. Um, <laughs> like, it's just it's just like she she has this sort of, like, demand of you. Like, she's The doing bar that was so low, Max, and somehow you didn't get to All it. you had to do was text at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. All you had to do was not leave everyone on red for multiple years. <laughs> like... Yeah, but like, but like, you know, they're it's doing true. this. So Chloe has this, this, this style in Max's and hers relationship question mark, where like, you know, she is like, get out of your comfort zone, you know, get out of your shell, like, you know, come on, like, like do this badass shit with me, and she kind of like does this like pressuring style, which I know people do or don't like, uh, to a certain degree. But Rachel does the same thing, except she just does it way less awesome than Chloe does it, and Chloe already didn't even do it that awesome. But, like, Rachel's just sitting there, like, practically tapping her feet as she's, like, fix this fucking viewfinder. And I'm like, oh, God, the whole series is based off of that attitude. I fucking love it. Like, it's just, I, 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 oh, I just can't. Like, she's so useless. She's not doing anything. She's just, like, demanding us to do a bunch of st- shit. And we're just kind of like, oh, geez, I don't know how I feel about this. And I'm like, well, what, 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 how do we reverse all these roles? Like, where are we? I'm lost. So anybody else love Rachel? Want to come up for defense? She's here? secretly that guy from Saw who's like, let's play a game. <laughs> 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 Yo, spoilers for the end of this game, bro. <laughs> like, what if? <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> Um, I don't know, Raphael, like you haven't played the first game, but how, like as someone who's actually coming into this franchise new, how is she hitting for you? Um, I don't really like her as a character. That being said, like I see, like, I see the lines in her writing, I guess. So like, I think she's supposed to come off as this like, I am mystery person. Um, and to some extent she did, but at the same time, you can see through that very easily. Um, and she, like, even alludes to that with, like, her line where she's like, do you ever feel like you're acting so much that you, like, lose your original self? It's like, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I get that, like, her character is supposed to be getting that, like, from the way that she sees the world through her father, I think, 
uh, and I like as an attorney, he's sort of about putting a face on for things um, and taking existing things and yeah, like that. Yeah, and then she's extending that into theatrics with acting. Uh, so I mean, I I get where character writing is coming from. That being said, like I she has not been in in endeared to me by any of this. Okay, but let's 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 quickly jump to a character that I think has really been done really well by in this character, and that's Warren too. Uh, what's that guy's fucking name? Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> this guy really got flashed here, right? Correct. No. I mean, look, you set that up in a way just for us to be like, come on. No. I mean, come on. Elliot, like, Elliot is a non character. A non character, yeah. It's heartbreaking. I I, I feel like Elliot is a foil. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He is a character to be there so you can be like, Rachel is not like Elliot. Exactly. But then you're like, (laughs) Rachel has writing. Yeah. Um I think I think I agree in uh, like a lot of what McCoy says about Rachel. Like I don't know, I wasn't excited to meet this incredible woman that everybody in this town was obsessed with. Sort of. Um I maybe because everybody in this town is a horrible person like there's part of that Please. so like right yeah, yeah. Don't, don't i mean open it again the Sorry. police are horrible yeah in this place too right that's why you can't call them um i don't know like she's i do agree she's like useless um <laughs> She's supposed to be like pretty and an honor student and great at acting and like everybody thinks she's amazing and she's trying to live up to that. But also her at home life is falling apart Um, and she has no skills to manage that because she's been privileged her whole life and like. I feel like they did that pretty well. Um, does that lead to an interesting person that you want to learn about? Not necessarily. But they pulled off what they were going for, I think. I just I'm not that excited about it. Bro, like but like, like her there, second day. There's like Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say her second day, she literally as a as a quest log style request asks you to produce hundreds of dollars. As a 16-year-old, and then you roll back to her crib. You know what I mean? It's just like, how could you not be the one of the two of us that comes up with the hundreds? I got the car. (laughs) Like, like, come on. I mean, but that's like so... That's in character for that person who doesn't understand their own privilege. And is like, oh yeah, you should be able to get a couple hundred bucks. Because like, I could go ask my dad. Like, it's not that hard. Um, you know, like that's, that rings true to me that she would say that. Um, and like when we get to her house and Chloe is like, what the fuck? This is where you live. Um, I think that that was a, a brilliantly established, uh, built scene. 
where Chloe is just standing there kind of in shock and awe. Um, not necessarily in a good way, um, but you can kind of see both of those things in her response to the house. And Rachel just completely misses it. Yeah, she's um, just like, come on, mm-hmm. why are you standing there? Yeah. Right. And I think that that was really well made. I think, yeah. so to me, I feel like these writers have a good grasp of their characters. And I respect that. Um, and I, you know, that, that's more than I could say about the first game. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. And that's, with less, yeah, I definitely credit where credit's due. I, I think in terms of interestingness and in terms of like execution, the going to, and this is probably a less is more thing as well, because like just similar to the Mikey, uh, Drew situation, there's more context about this family. There's more context about the mom and the dad and the, the affair that's going on and Rachel stuff like that. But like going to that house and having it be so eerily sterile and dry and boring and Chloe just can't handle how like just. I don't st- think it was like that at all. Oh, really? And I don't think that was like Chloe's impression of it at all. Oh, yeah. She reacts to it being like, holy shit, I'm not even comfortable at how like the, like the jazz is playing. Here well, yeah, yeah. she can and... be uncomfortable, but I wouldn't call that house sterile. Like that's a house that has like family pictures everywhere you can look at and like that fancy, fancy art on the wall and like that lady with one boob exposed. A cleaning woman. <laughs> yeah, they only have a cleaning lady. Okay, so person. clean maybe. But, but the yeah. point is that with the undercurrent. Uncluttered. The undercurrent of... In the like, I think that what they're trying to go for is that like this life may seem perfect, and yet it's just so, so mundane and so boring in a way that like it feels like it just can't be like. It, and and I think that like underscores the cheating too. That that maybe is not cheating question mark. We're gonna figure that out. But it's like you're just sitting there like, just like the everything about this is just so so boring that you're like, oh yeah, and this guy's like running around on the side because he literally can't handle it because this is his life. And like I think I that don't know is that I there. I think those are like I don't I almost like adult undertones like I think what I got from that house too is like that this is definitely a family like puts on a face right like that's a very like put together yeah. house with the art and the statues and the family photos and the trophy case like it's a family that puts on a face mm-hmm. for the world and for themselves like the jazz is playing like it's it's that's that's more what I got out of that house so th- um, that like is what, what I I'm think getting out they of were that. going for I'm just saying that that creates such. An uncomfortableness of like, imagine if this face was your entire life. Like, no, certainly you have something underneath this face, mm-hmm. and they, they. Yeah, you're kind of talking like they're bra- they're bursting at this is bursting at the seams. Is sure. that kind yeah. of the phrase I yeah. want to make? Yeah. Yeah. Or the sure. foundations yep. cracking a little bit, where it's yeah. like clearly they have something established. He's a public facing figure who has to put on a face, um, you know, for his day to day job. And we've and seen the like- crack already. Like, that's the thing. Right. So when we walk into this, it's not like, oh, we saw this. Now we get to rewrite it as being bad. It's like, no, we mm-hmm. already know it's it's fucked in some way. So the whole time, it's just like everyone's just acting. That it's like it's chilling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's such an underscore of the face there. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think, I guess, if we want to just... Like, I, I, I believe... I, I do think the... I will underscore what people are saying and that I do believe they are writing Rachel well and I don't believe it's the writer's intention for you to like Rachel. 
um because I also don't really like Rachel all that much, but it is because of the reasons that um, James mentioned of just, you know, Rachel's own selfishness and her own acting and naivete in certain situations is nothing but bad news for Chloe. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm just really curious how they're going to proceed with this because knowing the knowledge we know from the first game, we know at some point, you know, Rachel and Chloe are together, which that's established after the second episode. Yay for us. We chose that kiss option. Go us. <laughs> um, but 16. At, at the same time, <laughs> uh, at the same time, we know at some point Rachel's going to break up with us and, go with frank is that gonna happen during this game is that gonna mm -hmm. happen in the next episode like i i want to see that turn fleshed out because i think that will help i think we're seeing those kind of signs from rachel that she is sort of going to go with whoever will help her live out her dreams the fullest um in her own selfish way and so it'll be very interesting to see how they write that in um I know at some point from, as evidence in the Life is Strange 1 game, Rachel gets with the photography teacher, Mr. Jefferson. I don't think that's going to happen in this game, though, because Mr. Jefferson isn't even introduced yet. And I, that's going to probably just happen off script. I don't know. Um, but it's interesting. I, I do hope that the episode. game explodes that. Yeah, maybe that is the bonus episode. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Rachel having an affair with Mr. Jefferson. It's wait, it's the wait, romance I don't think, game. I just I don't think am I wrong? She doesn't have an affair with Mr. Jefferson. She is drugged and killed by Mr. Jefferson. But I right? think I think she I think she was uh I guess it was just gossip in the first game where it's like Rachel totally had sex with him or something like that. Like Yeah, I don't know. My it was reading gossip. of that this is like getting back into one stuff, but like my reading of all of that was like None of that's real. It was right. just but, that Mr. But Jefferson I guess, a huge creeper. Yeah, I guess at some point, though, like, she does meet Mr. Jefferson, and he tells her she can be a model and everything, and yeah. she'll start posing for him and whatnot. So, like, I don't think they'll get Which into that with this game. Which is creepy, by be, the way. That is because, very creepy. Yeah. Call the police. I mean, I don't have to explain why that's creepy. That's just creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also oh. curious to see where they take it. I, I also. So I'm not a, a, a Rachel fan, but I, yeah, I do think to like just the teenage girl writing in this game is better, and I need to like think more about it and why I think that for the next time we come back together. But I feel like Rachel to me is a very consistent like teenage girl, in terms of like self-centered, like not not totally kind of clueless and like naive and all of those things and like the she comes up to me as like a very consistent like oh uh, yes i understand this person and like sort of recognize her um from my my own time as a teenage girl so i i feel like i also appreciate that about her and about the writing for both her and chloe i think they both to me come off as like consistent with the teenage experience which I know is what this game was, like, touted yeah, for. I, I guess I should qualify that, like, I don't know. I I don't have a lot of love for myself as a teenager, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not eager to, to occupy that mindset. And so me not liking Rachel 
as a character doesn't mean that she's poorly written. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I think teenagers are unlikable a lot, most, <laughs> most of the time. Many of the time. Like, I think especially teenage girls are just like... I, it's, if it's, you look back on your teenage time. years and you say, ah, I peaked then, then we have issues. <laughs> we yeah, have that's other definitely things true. to talk about. Although, like, I look back on my teenage years and I definitely didn't peak then, but it was just like, I don't know. He's all right. Like, he, yeah, he has a lot of work right. to do. <laughs> Yeah, like he has a lot of work to do, but he doesn't fucking suck. Yeah, but I look back on a teenage Elena and I'm like, hmm, oh, we sucked. Unfortunate. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I hear that part of Chloe. Like, I said some shit to my parents that I wish I hadn't said. Like, I, I just think that's like, it's not part of everyone's teenage experience, but it certainly can be. Yeah. So I don't fault these characters that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of where it yeah. should go, I don't know about where it should go. I, it's this is a different flavor of Life is Strange, like it's a smaller project, but it feels like in some ways they gain value from that by being a little bit more centered around like what they want the story they actually want to tell and the the characters they actually want to highlight. Like they most of the rooms are locked, you know, when you go to the dormitory, and I think that's actually just a really good thing for them. Um, and so that's interesting. Occupants. To it. Mm-hmm. And for their occupants, the people you should you should lock your rooms. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I feel like yes. security's ah. a lot tighter back in this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, years later, it just got loosey goosey for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't know, like that. Those parts are interesting. I th- but then at the same time, I think so far, like it's really been nerfed in a lot of ways. Like it feels like a lot. Like the choices matter less. It feels like like the dialogue is is and the writing in some ways is quote better but then now we're just actually like listening to these characters talk as opposed to being like so taken aback by the bullshit they just said that i don't know if i like the experience of listening to them talk more than than like reeling at the experience of the word amazeballs being said so i don't know i don't know i i'm not sure where i want this to go necessarily um but i am interested to find out as well um where it'll go i i i have my suspicion that unless they do a lot in the third and the you know bonus episode whatever i think this will end up being a worse life is strange one whereas life is strange one some of its flaws ended up being its strengths and i think some of those have been rounded those edges have been rounded a little bit here and i think that may or may not end up being an ultimately good thing for this game but we'll see they they could do anything with this next section, I kind of hope they do. I kind of hope they, 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 because it feels like, I think Zoe brought this up in the playthrough, but like, they, oh boy, like the intro was wow. But maybe once they get into it, we'll get into the actual story and they can take us somewhere interesting. So I, I really do hope they keep leaning into taking us into the story and away from the intro. And just, I mean, that intro was hours of just learning about these characters and having it just be kind of lame. So I think they could go with, with weirder and crazier stuff um, for this third episodes i'm hoping they do rachel's banshee powers will be seen to full fruition this next episode i was really waiting for her in that last scene i was like it's gonna happen come on baby like Like, hit you in the supernatural no do it i think they should and like they should you know wizard duel at the end trust me these games end best that way trust me (laughs) trust me 
I don't know. I don't know if I agree this is a worse Life is Strange so far. I think it's in some ways worse and in some ways better. Yeah. But the, but again, like I'm and that's super fair. But all I'm trying to say is that for me, when when something like this gets better, it's like imagine if I told you I made the council better in a couple spots. Well, it's impossible. It's a perfect game. <laughs> it did get a golden thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only been recorded TOT history. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is like these games like this are kind of lovely for some of their badness, right? And for some of their um, willingness to just do ridiculous shit and just like willingness to kind of like not take things super seriously sometimes and and be a little bit lighthearted and make fun of stuff and mention CD players because remember CD players and all that shit? Um, And so it's actually, I think, deceptively hard to make something like that better because if you make it quote better now we're just actually listening to this story being told do you understand like there's a lot less so that it's can kind of like uncanny valley but for story quality mm-hmm. yeah so it's like there's a point where you're not really like into the realism you're just enjoying the stylization or ridiculousness of it mm-hmm. and as it gets more real or better it kind of you lose that aspect of being able to make fun of it yeah and i i think that's actually a dangerous place to be like for instance if i told you there was a rem and i actually think of this a lot when it comes to remastered games if we had a remastered version of the council where they made Holmes' face normal that's actually not an improvement but you can see how, where that would easily be done in a in a in a you know well this is what the developers intended right they always wanted it to him to have a better face but something went wrong in the <laughs> rendering process horribly that they didn't have wrong <laughs> Or something, but like you can see the bullet point right now. They would list it and they'd print it, and it's like it's almost marketing where they would say like improved Holmes face, um, improved all the faces. Improved all the faces is a good example, mm-hmm. and that does not have to be an improvement, even though they think it's an pr- improvement technically, and even though they feel it's an improvement in terms of what the the developer originally intended. I I do fear for this game that they have improved Holmes face. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. All right. Well, shall we call it there for the night? Sure. I think so. So yeah, next week we'll be finishing this up, and then we'll give our final takes and ratings on this uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm episode. But yeah. What's wrong with your face? <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 all right sweet thanks so also, much for listening um, <laughs> oh, we ahead. recorded it right yeah hopefully we're gonna post i'm pretty sure it YouTube. worked i'm pretty sure it worked you know it yeah seemed like it worked when i checked mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then craig leaves he's like okay. all right i'm out of here timing. <laughs> i think oh, that's well, the I, end. I, I was looking up because i was like who was it like who just was like okay i'm yeah, done yeah, here yeah. i can't fucking handle the shit i'm out Oh my goodness. All right, cool. I'm hitting that stop button.